And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, welcome back. It is the Weighing In Podcast with the real punk, my man Josh Thompson, sitting there ready to talk about all the great things that he got to do in setting up his new studio. What's up, baby? You're tired. I'm exhausted, man. Not just moving all my shit out of the gym and trying to get everything set up inside the house. And then and then also just I got my mom visiting from uh, like East Coast. And then my, my brother's here with his wife and his two kids. And I'm just like, man, just toys getting thrown everywhere. It's like you're just walking around picking shit up after him. I have one of those like I have one of those houses that like just you i don't touch anything <laughs> just, but it is what it is leave man. it where so, it's at leave it is and don't touch it uh, don't throw shit over your shoulder without know. looking they're just like foof, foof, foof. puzzle pieces everywhere because i've got puzzles i do puzzles and stuff and it's just so funny man but hey it's nice to see family but it's always nice to see him leave. <laughs> so to see him fucking go away. To <laughs> <laughs> take him in small doses, you know. No, that's uh, just me. I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm just, I'm picking fun right now. But it's funny. Yeah. It's good to be, it's good to be around family, especially right now. Like after you, after you spend so much time, like I spend so much time with the gym, you know, building a business. And you know how it is because you had your gym. But it's, it's tough. It's kind of tough after that. You go, man. I woke up the next day going, shit. I'm supposed to teach on Thursday, but. I didn't have to because I moved out on Wednesday, but I was still moving all the shit. It didn't really get a chance to set in until probably Friday, only because um, I was just so busy trying to get stuff moved into my garage, moved into my house, moved out, you know, thrown away in the trash, you know, trash being picked up, dumpsters being picked up. I was like, shit. So meeting people to buy mats, meeting people to pick up, you know, sports equipment, all that stuff. So, you know, here it is, five in the morning. Or uh, well, dropping just the show for the everybody. Next just chapter, uh, baby. It's just the next, the next chapter. chapter. I'm excited. I'm excited. We'll see, man. So, uh, but let's uh, let's jump in. Do you watch? You watch the fights. I watched the fights. Um, I didn't I get did to watch, watch the those. boxing, but you said you watched a little bit of the boxing. I watched. Uh, the but let's jump right into Devin the main Haney. event, man. UFC. Oh, you watched? You know what? Let's do Devin Haney first because you know I didn't get a chance to watch it, but you did. You said you did. Look, Devin Haney against Cambosis. I, I really appreciate the fact that Cambosis, you know, he, he beats Teofilo Lopez and takes on a guy that everyone knows is just a phenomenal boxer. Now, and there, here's the difference: not not taking anything from Cambosis. He's a he's a he's what I call a fighter. He wants to knock your head off. He's going after you. He's trying to create a fight. He's a good boxer. But he's not that technician that Devin Haney is. And Devin Haney gives everybody fits in the fact that doesn't have a lot of power. It's not a guy that's a knockout artist. He just continually pieces you up, uses great footwork, is hard to hit. And the kid's only like 23 years old. I mean, he's just a handful for anyone. And Cambosis takes that fight right away. Now, there was a lot of conditions. There was an automatic rematch and things like that, too. But, hey, he took that fight. The crowd in uh, Melbourne, Australia was crazy for it. And, you know, they were going nuts for their man who is, you know, of Greek descent. He, he, you know, goes with the 300. That's his whole thing. And they were there to support him. And he just wasn't able to find Haney that often in the fight. Haney was able to, 
you know, pick up how he was going to throw his right hand. You know, Cambosis a lot of times was trying to hit him so hard, he's getting off balance and going into the ropes and things. And it was just the difference between that guy who's the puncher, brawler, you know, the guy that's going to stand and he'll bang with you against the guy that's going to say, I'm not going to do that. This is it almost going back to the, it's like the Andre Ward thing. And you know Andre and you know yeah. how he was. And, you know, it's the, don't make, you know, don't make my kid tough. Teach him how to box. Oh, yeah. You know, that was Andre Ward's dad's thing, and, and Virgil did a great job with him. Well, Devin Haney is the same thing. Teach him how to box because boxing is a sport. Fighting is an art unto itself, but boxing is a sport. When you're a superior boxer, a la Floyd Mayweather and Andre Ward at Devin Haney, man, it's hard to deal with someone when you can't touch them. You have power. And you're unable to land that power. It's frustrating. It's you know at times you know I don't want to say embarrassing, but you you're trying so hard that you press so far so fast forward that you get off balance and you know yeah. it, it just doesn't make you look good. But Devin Haney just put on a great performance. I thought he won. You know, almost I, I thought ten of the rounds. Uh, he just dominated the fight. He uh, you know the rounds that he took off basically were the ones that he didn't win, but. Just a master of points. And you got to look, he just took every title in that division. He is the guy that possesses it. He looks like, you know, a, a wall with all the trophies as he's holding all his belts and stuff. And congratulations <laughs> to him because he just, he put on a beautiful boxing performance. Not the fight that people want to see. You know, we all want to see those crazy wars. But what a beautiful and masterful yeah. boxing performance. Yeah, I was talking with Andre Ward probably, I don't know, two years ago, two and a half years ago, something like that, pre-COVID. And so um, we ran into each other at a, at a boxing match in Oakland. And he's like, he was telling me the story about his dad and how his dad took him in when he was young. <clears throat> he talked to Virgil and he goes, look, I, I know he can fight. I know he, I know he can fight in terms of like he's got the desire to fight. He wants to be a fighter. He's like, but I don't want him getting hit. He's like, I want you to teach him not to get hit. And he's, he's like, uh, Virgil's like, he was like, look, yeah, I can teach him to be a defensive fighter. He's like, make him, learn him, teach him how to slip the punches and counter. Teach him how to be that type of fighter. Don't teach and him to be tough. Teach him how to make him, it to where yeah. tough guys can't touch him. If you watch his career, God, he was smooth, man. He oh. was smooth. He used to come in and spar with a guy that I helped with his cardio and conditioning. And uh, Ricardo Cortez, he would come in and spar with them and give them rounds with for Ricardo, and, and Ricardo would also give him rounds, you know, when he had fights coming up. But holy shit, man, he could fucking box. He was so smooth, oh, everywhere, so quick, and just inside, outside, just pin, had power, pinpoint accuracy as well. Just oh, yeah. it was, it was like it was beautiful to watch. And yep. Ricardo would get out of there sometimes. I remember a couple of times he almost got into a fist fight while having a fist fight. It was hilarious. The gloves almost <laughs> came couldn't off. Touch him cussing ricardo was getting pissed off and ricardo you know got didn't get sat but got you know got sat to the rope a little bit like i hit back yeah. and boom sat on the rope just little things man you just realize damn this this kid this kid's really really good damn there's love at a young age i mean yeah i mean he was just coming off the olympics at the time you know and uh was making like his second or third pro fight i think and uh geez man it was beautiful to watch and to watch it in person is is especially that close and inspiring and it was all private. It was just, it was beautiful. It was amazing to watch. Just to hear the coaching, there was no yelling. It was like, yeah, it was like very calm and smooth the way that Virgil talked to him, the way they talked to each other. It was impressive, man. Very impressive. Yeah. 
Showtime did that thing, right? With the what, the Elite Eight or something like that? What was it called? Oh, the Super, Super Six. Super Six. Yeah, that shit. Super middleweight. That was com- that was sh- it was shaping up to be so damn good, and then they all started fucking around at the end where they do. I don't want to fight that guy. I don't. Want-. It was like there was contract <laughs> problems. I was like, damn, you guys are fucking this thing up. I think it was Ibrahim versus Frotch. I think at the end for the title or something like that. For the oh no no no, I don't know Andre Ward won that. Andre Ward won it. No, I understand that, but no, Andre. There was a there was a pro- there was a problem where Andre didn't fight somebody that he should have fought because there was something happened where one guy didn't want to fight. I don't know uh, who, who was the guy from the kid from Alabama or not Alabama, Arkansas. Uh, that was Jeremy he got knocked um, out like twice. Um, God, I can't damn. remember his name. Jer- it's uh, Jeremy. Can't think of his last name. God. Bad. I know his uh, name. Taylor. Taylor. Jermaine Taylor. Jermaine Taylor. Jermaine Taylor. Jermaine Taylor, yep. Yeah, yeah. For se- I don't think so- someone, someone, Andre Ward didn't want to fight someone or somebody. They couldn't get a contract together. No, no. Andre Ward, Andre Ward wanted to fight all of them because it was Andre Durrell was in there uh-huh. and Frotch. Kessler, Andre Ward fought Kessler in his first fight up in Oakland mm-hmm. in that, and just pieced him up. But, but Kessler was complaining about headbutts. Because uh, he got, got kind of cut up, and but he was the one creating them. And you looked and you go, well, "You can't! You're the one, you know, making that happen." But yeah. there was a, I wasn't it. I want to say, uh, Alan Green got in there somehow, and mm. I don't remember how he did. He took someone's place, I thought. Mm. But I think the, Durrell. I mean, Dur- they, I think they it was Durrell. I think it was Durrell and and Ward didn't want to fight because they were on the Olympic team together. They they trained together or something like that. Yeah, maybe. I think they were friends somehow. They just decided, but they figured something. They didn't want to fight each other. I don't think they were. I can't, no, I can't remember the backstory. I'm over here just speculating, to be honest. But I remember yeah. reading something about the Durrell and and Ward. Um, they they were. Uh, so, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say it, it was in here that um, it was reported that Andre Ward, uh, that Andre, sorry, it was reported that Andre Durrell withdrew due to an undisclosed injury. Mm. Okay, okay. This resulted in a decision to have Ward fight Saki Obika got in a non-tournament bout. Got it, got it. So that's what yeah. that's what the issue was. Like okay. something happened where like he was on the shelf for a while. When he came back, it became like a little bit of a problem. Like it took too long to figure the Darrell situation out with the injury or whatever it was. But that thing drug out because because of the someone got injured or they just couldn't get a contract together to fight each other or whatever it was. I remember there was something with it, but Anyways, that was shaping up to what, man. That was some great. That was some great fights. There was the guy from Denmark. Oh man, what was that's his name? Kessler. Kessler. Yeah, Kessler. So Kessler and Frotch. I was there. I think it was the Oakland. It was at the Kessler and Ward fought in Oakland. Kessler, yeah, in, in Oakland. I was yeah. there at that fight with Coker and Rockhold. And then after that, I watched also Frotch and um, was it Abraham? And that, that fight, was... I believe. That was there was yeah. fuck man there were some good fights those guys were letting each letting it fly, Frotch was fun to watch he was fun to watch like no defense hands down but fuck he had some power and no Frotch is good yeah he's Frotch good was really good damn those guys the guy that was the guy that was unusual was uh, Abraham I want to say Arthur Abraham yeah in that. He, from uh, Germany, man, he, from Germany. Yeah, and he would just put his hands up like this, mm-hmm. and just walk forward and just let you throw shots, and he yeah. would just throw big bomb. That's how you, because uh, like that was the fight that I remember was uh, 
uh, Darrell was he was do doing great work against uh, Arthur, and then he got caught near the end. He got I think he got beat right at the end of it, but uh, he was he was doing really good. And Abraham taking a ton of shots and finally boom, he was, he was a stud, yeah. tough dude. Yeah, yeah, he was tough. Anyways, all right. So enough about the boxing. We right. rambled on a little bit about the old school That's Showtime. Uh, so it was Super Six. It was. Yeah, Super it was. Six. But it, man, yeah. if you guys haven't it watched that, go back six. a little bit. You can, I'm sure you got. Yeah, I think you guys can find it on, mm -hmm. online somewhere. But man, they had some great fights, especially the Frotch fights. Frotch had a couple really good fights, man. And so did. Uh, what, what was? How do you say his name? Mikhail. Mikhail Kessler. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, Kessler. Anyways, uh, good stuff. So let's let's start just jumping to the UFC, man. Let's start with the main event. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Big John and I have been using MyBookie.ag for the longest time now. It's been almost about two years, and they've been uh they've been doing us right, and we're hoping they're doing you right as well. So if you guys are listening to some of our advice, and we're helping you guys pick some winners at MyBookie.ag using our promo code Wayne, and use that little QR code right over there. Okay, and if you're using that QR code, that'll take you to our little page there, and you use our promo code. They'll give you a Additional spending cash with your first initial deposit. So go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code Wayne in. I want to thank you guys for continuing to support our show as well as mybookie.ag. John Volkov versus Jarzinho. Before we get started, early stoppage? Yes and no. How's that? Yeah. I yeah, mean, I felt the I, same and, way. And it's because with what Herb saw, I understand why he stopped it. You see. Yeah. Jorginho turning and whenever you have a professional fighter who all of a sudden looks like they're a kid in a schoolyard fight where they're turning away, you know, that's their way of defense. It's not defense. Mm -hmm. And so he got hurt. You could see him get hurt. He ends up going against the cage. He ends up then turning in that direction and Volkov is going after him. And just as Herb comes in, it wasn't, you know, this clean you know, separation, but when he comes in, he, he kind of stumbles, and then he tries to regroup, and as that happens, you see Jarzinho kind of going out and kind of turning towards him. That's because he had that chance. He had a break in someone not attacking him, not hitting him. You know, it doesn't look great, but it wasn't a bad stoppage. Yeah, I didn't look I didn't look at it as a bad stoppage either. I thought, and not, not that anyone gives a shit what I think about stoppages and stuff, but I thought it was one of those... It was like, hey, had he tried to stand up while he was covering up, but he wasn't. He was kind of just in the fetal position, one yeah. leg, I think one knee up or whatever against the fence, and then just huddle up there, like ready to take some shots and maybe waiting for an opening to get up. But it just looked bad because he was kind of up a little bit, and then he got dropped a little bit to one knee, and then he went to both knees or whatever and kind of huddled up against the fence. It just looked bad. So with Herb, the stoppage, I mean, especially with big heavyweights, yeah, it only takes the one shot to sneak through, and then they're they're face down, ass up. So I thought, um, I thought overall, like I think you couldn't you couldn't really have made a better. Like it was tiny bit early, but sometimes just things like don't some look of the, great. But it wasn't a bad. Yeah, stuff. but sometimes when the when you talk to the refs though, when I talk to some of the refs, you know, after the shows, and they'll say, "Why do we always got to see them go face down, ass up? You know what I mean? Why do we got to see them get knocked out all the way before we're?" I'm like, well, because they're fighters. That's what they're here to do. Yeah. It's but, like, yeah, but the thing is, though, I probably just saved his career for another two or three fights. You know, like if it starts to go bad for him, you don't know. And if you if you let him go face down ass up, you let him get knocked the fuck out, then you're helping them make another run, maybe at a title. But you're helping them the longevity of their career 
He's like, that's kind of what we're looking at as well. There's a lot of things that we look at. He's like, and for, for when I saw last night with Biggie, with Biggie Boy, he just he didn't he didn't look like he was on his way up. He looked like he was more on his way down, you know. And um, and I thought maybe I thought maybe it was a good call. I was like, I thought about it for a sec when I saw it go live. I'm like, ah, kind of an early stoppage. But then I took all things in consideration. And I went back and watched again. I was like, after they showed yeah. the replays over and over, I'm like, yeah. Pretty no, much a good hurt. stoppage. I thought it was. I thought it was good. Yeah. So it, the, the th here's here's something to think about, and no one out there as fans understand it. They don't. They, they don't know about it. Let's be honest. The athletic commissions, you know, look, they have things in their legislation. They have things that cover the sport that says, you know, the referee shall intervene in the fight when. I mean, there's things that talk about when they when one fighter shows a dominance over another fighter. When one fighter shows that they 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 cannot compete competitively with another fighter, you're supposed to stop the fight. You know, there's all kinds of things that are in there. The, the athletic commissions are worried about liability. Mm -hmm. You know, and so they want you to stop. You know, they're gonna and you know, Nevada. One of their statements that they say all the time: "I want you to stop at one punch too soon before you stop at one punch too late." Interesting. So, you know, That's Herb did exactly what they want. And so it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, bad. but it, it looks bad in that fact that when he intervenes, that allows, you know, Rosenstruck to get up because, you know, it only takes a second and a half, two seconds of not being hit. Now you can move and it, you look like, oh, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. It looks that way, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. All right. Next fight. Dan. Were you surprised? Let me ask you this before you go back. Were you surprised? by the way Drago looked. Volkov looked, you know, in a position. Do you think you saw any changes? Because he's changed. He's got, you know, he had Tiki in his corner as far as he's training in a different place, different coaches. Kenny Johnson's now helping his wrestling. Did you see any differences? Obviously, there was no takedowns or anything like mm. that. But were you were you looking at the same guy? I didn't see enough. Yeah. I didn't see enough. I need to see more. Look, Tiki's got he he does a good job with some of the guy with the guys that he that he helps work with. He puts in a lot of good work with those guys. He's a hard worker, man. Tiki is in terms yep. of getting his guys ready and mentally. But he's also one of those. He, he's also a manager that understands. Look, the fight game is the fight game. He's been in the fight game. He understands like you can't control your fighters while they're in there. They do what they can, and you know you did the best you could to get them ready. But ultimately, it's on the fighter. And so there's times where he's walked out. He's like, well, he didn't listen. You know, we had a game plan. The game plan was to do this, this, and this. Didn't do it. <clears throat> he's like, you know, so it came up short. In this situation, um, you know, I think that I didn't see enough. That was one thing. But he seemed like he had a little bit more swagger to him. You know, maybe yeah. a little more confidence. Maybe the confidence of like, yeah, I've got, I've got new tools. I've got new weapons. I know what I'm doing now. Or like, you know, I have a little more guidance or whatever it was, but he came in with a little bit more swagger. I was listening to some of his interview stuff too. And that he was talking like he had a little bit more, like I'm, I'm changed. I'm better. I'm this, I'm a little that, more confidence, you know? And yeah, this seemed like there was a little bit more confidence in him. You yeah. know I mean? He's dangerous. You know, he was in Bellator for a while, right? He was there for quite a yeah. bit. And then he came over and yeah. uh, he's good. You know, he's good. Um, I don't know if he'll ever be champion. You got a lot of good, good athletic guys that are there right yeah. now with the with the UFC. You got gone. Well, he, you've got he's Aspen doing the right thing as far as think. bringing people in to help him with his wrestling because that's where he ends up. Yeah, 
when when he gets yeah. taken off his feet, it's it's not a good situation for him. So I mean, he's yeah, he's got right some areas. losses. He's got some losses that he should have never have lost. You know, with Derek Lewis, he was piecing Derek yeah. up the whole fight. He was beating Derek yep. pretty handily, and then with what like two seconds left, he got knocked out. You know, he got dropped, and then Derek just came on top of him and just beat the fucking shit out of him. <laughs> it was nasty. He, that guy's he pulled, got some he pulled power. The black beast out, man. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, crazy. Jeez. All right, let's go. Uh, how you say Ivalov versus um, Ige? It it just it wasn't it wasn't. Uh, man, I love Dan. Yeah. Can you can the UFC do me a favor, man? Give him a fucking fight. He like he doesn't have to go through fucking hell to win. This poor guy. <laughs> he has had to fight all the toughest and best guys in the division. I'm like, he give has. this guy a break, man. He's and he says he never turns fights down. He always takes them all. He's a stud, but ah, I want him. To, I, I want them to give him like a couple good guys that he can beat. You know, like let not 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 gimme fights, but give him like how they're talking about Connor getting a couple warm up fights. You know, before he starts ma- fighting these upper upper echelons of guys, let this guy get a fight or two to get him back on the confidence trail because he's fighting all the tough guys. Um, Avalov looked good. Uh, he started off a little great. slow, but his wrestling, I'm surprised he doesn't his, wrestle more because his stand-up's not that great. I mean, don't look. His wrestling is phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. He, he, his ability he reminds me of the Dagestani style wrestler. Man, he's so slick. You know, yeah. he he just does little tiny things as far as off-balancing his opponent when he gets his hands on him. He does all kinds of little you know, he, he's, he's tripping the foot. He's taking their balance point away. He's just slick, and he's good. He's, his stand-up is, I don't want to say it's like you know, Eastern European, kind of little stiff, but he's got that little bit of a, like a cant to his body, and stuff, so it makes him kind of look stiff, but he's effective. Yeah. He's effective. He lands good shots, and he's defensively, he's damn good. Yeah. I, I, so I, before, before, uh, Right before that, I was saying that his his standup is not that good. Don't get me wrong, his standup is good, okay? okay. But there was moments in there where Dan was able to land some good shots. Just Dan didn't have enough output. He was having a hard time. He's also, I think, concerned about the takedown. Um, yeah. I think the strength of Avalov is just it, it. Just looks like he's a very very strong person. Man, some at one forty five, you know, like he looks com- big. He looks huge, huge. So- but then Danny is not a big one forty five pounder either. When you stand next to Dan, he's not a big guy. You know, so, I mean, like, maybe he just looked big to him, but, I mean, he just looks muscular. I'm like, man, you must cut a lot of weight. He looks bigger than Dan. I mean, but certain guys wear the weight well. You know, like Islam. Islam is a big guy who who's get chiseled and cut and just, you can see all the veins running through his back and his chest. Khabib was never that way. Khabib never had the sculpted type body frame like his legs don't his arms and legs never had like you know muscles on muscles like how Ivalov does or our Makachev does it's weird just how some people's bodies are different but man you could just tell the strength of Ivalov he was just every time he locked his hands around the waist man Dan was going for a ride even if he couldn't get him get him lift couldn't sweep him couldn't kick the foot out Try to sit him back down. All the mat returns, too, just makes you exhausted if you're a fighter like yep. Dan. Trying to get back up, then get to your knee, get back up, you know, losing your balance. All of those things pay a factor as you start to slow down as the fight goes on. And those guys, you can tell with his conditioning, with Ivalov's conditioning, he's a five-round fighter. 
You know, oh, and yeah. I think just domination, the stand-up. He's got to be cautious with really good kickboxers because – but I think he'll wrestle a little bit more right off the bat if he's fighting someone who's like a, a standout. Like if he's fighting like a Barboza or whatever, he'll come in maybe a couple punches and then get right to the wrestling. Yeah. But you know, he's there's there's some guys in there that I mean now he'll rank he'll be ranked probably number ten, number nine, number ten. I think because Dan was number ten, he'll probably be ranked up in that number ten area. But he's asking for those fights up in the top five, which I think he's kind of I think he's pretty much ready for. Can you pull up the rankings there, Dave, for one forty five? I mean, let's start talking about guys that we'd like to see him fight. Let's let's start playing matchmaker here, John. Dude, I'll tell you what. He I, mm-hmm. he called out one that I go, that's a great fight. Arnold, I'd love to oh, see it. Arnold Allen. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. I was like, he's in here. He's been ducking me. I've I've asked him before. It's like, first off, I don't blame him for kind yeah. of saying, I'll push you to the side. But it would be a great fight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what about him and Bryce Mitchell? You know, well, I thug mean, nasty baby. Yeah, thug nasty's got some On decent the wrestling. We'll see he's what got, happens. Got good jiu-jitsu. He's got he's got Very good, good wrestling. He seems like he's strong as hell as well. He got that Arkansas yeah. country boy strength. Yeah, farm baby. boy strength. I mean, it makes it makes for a fun fight. You know, I mean, I mean that's a good fight. Arnold Allen's a good fight. I mean, he's trying to jump up into that mix. I think with him, you know. He's got to be cautious right now with guys like Calvin Cater and Yari Rodriguez that are that are fast and good on the feet, very pinpoint accurate, and they got power. Mm. But neither one of those guys can wrestle like him, so he does have a chance. He does have a good chance of winning. But I'd like to see him get like I'd like to see him get that Bryce Mitchell style fight or that um, maybe maybe the winner of Josh Emmett and uh, I forgot who Josh is fighting. The winner of Josh yeah, Emmett, Cater. oh Cater, he's fighting Cater. Um, Josh Emmett and Cater. Maybe the winner of that, that'd be a good fight. Yeah, There's some fights that's in there. That's the one I, I was like, I think Josh Emmett would be a, that would be an interesting fight. Yeah. We'll the see if Josh would the stop wrestling the wrestling. Ability. Power with, you know, big shots. There's a lot of interesting matchups there for him and stuff. And I, I thought the one that you called out, Bryce Mitchell, that would be a great yeah. fight. Great fight. Great fight. That'd be a great fight. All right. Well, let's see where he goes from here. He's 16 and 0 now. Undefeated record. Man. He looked good. He looked good last looked night. Great. Got a little bit of a slow start. Dan was, they were going back and forth in the first round, but then uh, he just started to, to control the pace after I think got takedown towards the end of the round one. Yep. Um, Almeida versus Trezano. <clears throat> Almeida's fight. fucking good. He is good. So is Trezano. Yeah, he is. Okay. Hey, go ahead, John. No, I, I'd wa- I had watched Almeida when uh, he fought on the Dana White Contender Series and he lost. But he was—he is a good fighter. You could see it. He's—he's he's comfortable on the ground. He's comfortable on his feet. You look and you go. There's little things that you know can be a problem and stuff. But there was a there was a problem in the fight that you got to talk about when Trezano was on the ground because he—I'm oh, saying that wrong. The First round, Almeida was winning that round. Mm-hmm. And then Trezano drops him, hurts yeah. him bad, hits him with the left hook, right kind of, you know, on the temple. He was hurt. And that's one of those ones you look and you go, could he have won that fight if he had backed out and made him get back up at that yeah. time? Could he end up being the winner of that fight? Mm-hmm. Because there was that. You look and everything slowed down. Almeida did a, did a great job of slowing down the damage and controlling and being able to get himself back in the fight. 
but man, he was seriously hurt. And it's one of those, you look at Trezon and you go, that's one of those ones. Sometimes you got to stop. I don't want to be on the ground with you. I said, that's not going to be good for me. I've got you hurt. Let me get you back on your feet and hurt you worse. Mm -hmm. And could it, could it have been different? It could have been different. There was yeah. that. There was also the part, part where when he had hurt Trezano and Trezano was on the ground and then he came in from the top position and they clashed heads. Yeah. Josh, this is this cracks me up because we get a tie. There's no, I hear people saying, oh, you, you wait for a low in the action. No, you don't. If you're the referee and you see that clash of heads, mm -hmm. you see that there was damage, you see a reaction from Trezano, you stop that fight right then, you call time, you get both fighters up, you check both fighters because it, you're saying it was an unintentional clash of the heads, but one of them was injured off of it, and you make sure that that person is able to continue on in the fight, and then you don't put them back in the same position because of that clash. There was the foul. You're going to end up putting them back in that stand-up position. Trezano was, you know, he took a lot of shots in there. With, and eventually, once he got back to the feet, they stopped the fight and brought him to the doctor. It should have been long before that. Mm -hmm. Long before that. Interesting. It's a mistake. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Like, standing them up. Standing them up when the action of the cut happens. Get the doctor to look at the cut. See how bad it is. Also, clean them up a little bit. And then bring them back out. You, but you don't set them back in the same position. You don't... You, know, you stand No, them back because there was the a feet. foul. Yeah, it was a foul. Yeah. This is, you know... <clears throat> long ago, you know, it was, it was Genki Sudo versus Dwayne Ludwig mm -hmm. that was able to change the rule that we had because back from that fight backwards... It was that if you, as the referee, stopped the fight for whatever reason, any reason, mm -hmm. brought a fighter to the doctor, anything like that, you could not put them back in the same position. You must start them from their corners. That fight, Dwayne Ludwig was losing the fight. Genki Sudo was definitely winning. I was the referee. I stopped it based upon Dwayne's nose being crushed and he was gurgling blood. I thought, you know, maybe the doctor's going to stop, you know, the fight and get him out of here. Bring him over to him. And doctor says, no, I'm going to let him go. Just watch him. Well, now I can't put him back in the same position. So I have to start him. And then Dwayne hurts Genki, and he ends up winning the fight. Yeah. And you look and you go, that wasn't fair. Yeah. And it wasn't right. So we got the rule changed. So you can't have this. So now you can put him back in the same position. But when you have a foul, all that damage that was done on Dwayne by Genki, that's all legal shots. But when you have a foul, you don't get to hold that position. You created that motion of them coming together. I'm not saying you did it intentionally. I'm not saying you meant to have that clash of heads. But you created that. We're going to bring you up, get you both set up, and then we'll start you from the standing position. God. That's the way the rule is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, there's there was a lot of stuff. <clears throat> The what was it? The um, God, what fight was it? The Alex De Silva fight. That fight too, with the the point taken oh, out of Slicky. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slicky and him, where he took the, he, the the ref took the point without moving him out of position. Said, "Hey, one point to the judges," which is another one. We'll get to that one in a little bit. But um, let's let's finish up on the talk. Almeida looked good. He looked he looked faster than Trezano on the feet. Looked like he he's like one of those guys leaves himself open as he comes in. He'll. It'll take a shot to deliver a couple of shots. Yeah. He's 
when we talk about people being dogs, he's one of those. He's a dog. He'll come. He'll yeah, come he's in. Tough. He comes in. He comes in. He's tough. He's just. He's a dog. He'll take a shot to give a shot. He loves to put the pressure. You know, and he throws some big shots. He threw everything, everything behind. He kind of leaves himself out of position as he lunges in. Yeah. But those are the guys that kind of bring a lot of action to the sport, man. That these are the they guys make it that we exciting. love watching. They make those it are the exciting guys to go out there and get the live wins. and die, live and die behind yeah. the sword, man. <laughs> like, hey, it's gonna work for you in some, and someone's gonna catch you. Yep, this is true. Um, the Silva versus uh. Batelio fight, I think. Yeah, it was a good, I thought it was a good fight. Um, it was. I thought Batelio was fighting really well. She was, but once Silva started understanding the speed and the reach, she's like, "I got you." And then you just saw it. You just saw like, "Oh man!" She just started throwing a little bit more, throwing a little bit more heat behind certain stuff, harder kicks, yeah. and then boom, just jumped right on the. It was she. She looked good. She looked very confident walking into. She looked composed out there. Even even the announcers were commenting on, yeah, you know, she's she's um she looks like she's not rushing into things this fight. You know, she's fighting a little bit more composed. And I said, yeah, she's just getting the timing down, man. She's just working yeah. on it. And you could see in her face that she's like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'll get this, I'll figure it out. And then she did probably about three minutes and she's like, okay, I got this. Finished finished every she fight good. she's been in, man. That's crazy. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. She's going places. Oh, sorry, guys. It's gonna be tough. Sorry, sorry. Ode Osborne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell you what, you know, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna fight uh, Adeshev, it's usually you know, on the feet is where you don't want to be since he you know he did fight in Glory. He was a very he's a very good kickboxer, but Ode just lit him up on that shot and he hit him clean, put him out. That's a big win. I, I I like that kid, man. You talk about you know you're you're tall, long, and lanky for mm -hmm. that weight division. Oh my God, you know at 125 pounds, he's he's got some length to him, but mm. he's fun to watch. I, I enjoy watching uh, O'Day. He's gonna be a, and I like that. Then he's going O'Day, 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 O'Day. That was good. That was good at the end. It was good. Man. I like that. That's give funny. people to remember you, man. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had the crowd going too, all yeah. hundred of them. <laughs> all hundred, all hundred of them. Apex. That's it. Uh, John, did you notice something yesterday? It, did, I What's got it? the feeling, and this is no dig at the UFC because it's a very smart play, actually. Um, is that there was a lot, like, it looks, it seemed to me like the UFC was finding ways to penny pinch yesterday. They had a lot of American top team fighters there. You saw a lot of the same coaching. So they mm -hmm. only like a handful of coaches came out. So you don't and have a whole bunch they only of had, play They only had to fly out a couple of them. They only had to buy a certain amount. They only had one announcer yesterday. They had Paul Felder and Anik. Yeah. It just seemed like one of those shows. They're like, yeah, let's not put a lot of money in this show. Let's just let's yeah. uh, penny pinch a little bit. It's a smart play by them. You got to get away man. with something like that. You got a budget. You got a budget. You, you got, got a budget. You got you, you got to be smart about stuff. I, I, yeah. If that's what you're, they're doing, it's okay. That's part yeah. of business. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought it was brilliant though because I was like, man, I saw the same the same coaches kept coming out. I'm like, man, you guys oh, are dude. working overtime you, tonight. Are you kidding? Bahama was out there that he should have just yes. kept a chair. Exactly. <laughs> like, I was like, why are you even go back to the fight. locker room? Just stay out here. Just, I know, stay, out. just why, stay out there. What are you doing? Just meet, so, meet, was, meet him at meet him at the pit when they're getting uh yeah you know, greased. greased up. It was funny. <laughs> oh man, I was like, wait, smart play though. Yeah, it's a good yeah. business decision. 
that's good. That's how they have to do it. You know, I mean, not just it doesn't matter how much money you're making. It's just a smart play on, on a business on the business point. But I just kept noticing the same the same coaches coming out, and I was like, "Hey, wait a second! Oh, American Top Team again! Throughout. Oh, again! Oh, again!" And I was like, "Just they, they had like know, six and then fighters." Tiki though. was out. Yeah, Tiki was Tiki out a couple was out times as well. Times. Yep. I was like, yep. "I was laughing." So, all right, um, which one? Alonzo Menafield. Alonzo Menafield. Just yeah, every people talk about you know young talent coming in. Askar Mozarov. Uh, He's one of those guys, he's had a lot of fights, uh, some on the East Coast, some on the West, but, mm-hmm. you know, really walked through a lot of guys, got a lot of power and stuff. But, you know, again, you come in and there's that levels to everything and you can't just, you know, crush guys. You can't just, you know, run through guys. Alonzo Menafil, very smart in using his wrestling, takes Askar off of his feet. Just beats him up for a little bit. Askar was able to get back up, and you saw right away he he went after him too hard. You know, it's like that. Oh, now that I'm on my feet, this is what's going to happen. It's like you got to be smart. You know, you got to use intelligence in the fight game. Minifield right away takes him back down that crucifix position. He was done. He got he got just uh, waylaid by those elbows and stuff. And yeah, man, I, t- I tell fighters all the time: you get to that crucifix, don't. The punching is okay. The elbows are devastating. Go yeah. to that elbow as much as you can. And your, your referees are going to get a lot quicker in making a decision to stop that fight when you're putting bone on bone than when that glove is hitting them. So that was a really nice big win, in my opinion, for Minifield. Not not as far as the person he was fighting as far as name or anything, but his confidence is really starting to, you can see, and he's fighting smart. He's not going out trying to be this guy that's going to, you know, knock everybody out. Use the tools that God gave you that you have worked on throughout life. And his wrestling is good and he's physically strong and he can hold position and you can do damage and you can not be damaged. That's called being a smart fighter. Yeah. Once he got to that crucifix position, it was, there was nothing there. He just, there was no, no attempt. Now I saw read on somewhere where people were writing comments, um, basically saying that he had a padded record. And it, yeah, if you there, there, there are questions about his record in that you can go to certain sites mm-hmm. and it'll have one record and then you'll go to another site. It has a different record. Mm. And, you know, that's I don't know why I can see it from guys uh, old school. Yeah. You. Thank you. Okay. There's, you know, you know just yeah. You know, Jeremy Horn had, you know. If you go on Sure Dog, I'm gonna say they probably have him having close to a hundred fights. Mm-hmm. You know, but in actuality, I know he's probably had 150. Yeah. You know, so it's a matter of, you know, oh, 92 and 22. Yeah. Okay. 130, close to that. Yeah. My math isn't great, but 124, <laughs> yeah, 124, 114, 114. 130. <laughs> simple math. Simple math. Up. I love it. One fourteen. Well, also five draws and and one no contest, so yeah, that yeah. brings you to like one twenty. Yeah, but I can tell you, I, you See, know, I was Jeremy's close. Had, he's probably had over one hundred and fifty fights, and so there are guys, you know, old school that I can tell you, yeah, that look, that guy had so many fights that you know they don't have on on his record. Yeah. When you get into hmm. you know modern nowadays fighters, there's too many with the athletic commissions and everything. You don't you don't get 
that mistake because yeah. there's too many databases that this is going to. So I can understand that. That was, I think that's what Menafil was talking about at the end. He's, he was mad at because I couldn't even find his damn record and stuff. Mm. Yeah. It's nothing to worry about. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. And then you have who else here? You got to go look at Felice Herrig and uh, Carolina. And, you know, Kovacavish has had a just unbelievably tough run. She looked great, Josh. She looked mm -hmm. as good as I've ever seen her look. Yeah. She looked, man, her hands were good. She was throwing great shots. Her ground has improved so much. She looked great on the ground. And Felice, you know, I love uh, Felice. She is just a, you know, a tough, gritty fighter. She kind of changed camps there, you know. But you could, you know, afterwards when you're looking at the way the fight went and that knowing that she retired, you could see at times, you know, it was almost one of the, she was fighting hard. She fought really hard in the first yeah. round. She stood stood her ground. She took some big shots. She gave some big shots, but it just wasn't going her way. And, and it got to that point where you could see that it was just like this frustration fight. Things just weren't falling in place for her where they were for Carolina. And, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the fight as far as I thought it was a good fight. It was a really good fight. I thought Carolina looked fantastic, as good as she's ever looked. And she looks like she's back. And I felt really bad that Felice, after all these years, this is, you know, now knowing she's, she's going to retire and stuff, you know, I'd like to see her go out on a win. It didn't happen, but, you know, she's been a, a, a great person for the sport of MMA. She's been great for the UFC. Uh, she always sold her fights. She always came in in shape. She always did the right things. So, you know, congratulations on a on a very good career. She never got to that you know champion level that she wanted, but you know, it can't happen for everyone. But she was a, a great uh, ambassador of the sport. Great person for the sport. Sorry, she's to a see wild you go child, first. man. She's a wild child. Oh, yeah. she's, <laughs> she's a little bulldog. Yeah, she's she's uh she's been around for a bit and stuff, and you can tell that. Like, I think the sport has just kind of outgrew her a little bit. Like, she just hasn't been able to keep the grind and keep up with the competitiveness. She's tough, but toughness only gets you so far. You know, yeah. the evolution of it all. Like, I don't think she can suck any more weight. That kind of position. You know oh, what I mean? God. Like, she's tiny physically, as it is. She's physically. I mean, put together, yeah. strong. You can't ask for someone yeah. to be in better shape. She's yeah. amazing as far as that. You know, and, and it's just, you know, there's that yeah. point where speed makes a difference. You know, the ability to get to, you know, get in and get out without getting hit, it starts to change as you get a little bit older and stuff. But like I said, she got nothing to feel bad about. She's had a great career. The reach and the range is, I think, her hardest part to get inside, slipping. She, yeah, yeah. she kind of, I don't want to, she kind of reminds me a little bit of the Misha Tate. You know, she has a hard time getting all the way in, the speed, a little bit of the boxing. It's not the stand up's not really their best forte. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It, they, but but they, they're both dogs, man. They both can get in there and just oh, fucking yeah. bite down on the mouthpiece and get after it. You know, um, yeah, I don't know. It just, I think it was good. My question is, though, She's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. Do you pull her aside and let her do an interview? I mean, like you just, you just like. I think when fighters lay their gloves down, they like did. Shit, if it's the guy on the, did they? Did they, they interview did. her? Yes. 
I didn't see it. Did I miss it? <laughs> you missed it, dude. I must have missed it. Oh, geez, I must no, have missed it. No, they did it. it. I didn't they see did it. it right. Paul Felder interviewed her, gave her a hug. Got it. Stuff. Oh, yeah, I only saw stuff, the other so. one. I didn't. See, I yeah. didn't see that one. Maybe I got up or something. I guess there you go. Maybe put my foot in my mouth again. Yeah, yeah. this is what happens when you watch fights when you have people over. <laughs> we all make that mistake. Oh, jeez. No, no, don't touch that. No, no, leave that alone. No, no, no. <laughs> Fuck, man, it's horrible. You're like, oh, you're like, and it's like, hey, can I have this? Can I have that? You're like, hey, settle down, man. Like, I just watch these. Go out by the pool. <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah, go drown yourself. <laughs> yeah, go drown. <laughs> uh, put the floaties on. Get out of here, yeah. bobblehead. <laughs> Get out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right uh which one was it uh joe selecki and alex uh de silva so there was a there was a point in this fight the silva looked good came out dropped him right off the bat dropped selecki right off the bat had some yeah. fast hands he did the same thing that some of these other guys that you were talking about with um uh what was the one up there at the top we just jump into the guard Make yeah. your space. Get out of there. Don't jump back in. Land the shots. Try to keep yourself out. Um, I looked at I looked at this fight. This this comes down to like, land, try to land those two big shots without getting pulled back fully into guard. If you can, then that's great. But if not, start backing out. Start kicking the legs of the wall. Get let them get up right away while they're still in while they're still injured without getting the cobwebs out. Make them get up. But Look, as, everyone needs everyone needs to figure this out, Josh. The fighter. If you are the fighter that is in the standing position all right you're in control of the position of the fighters that's the way the sport plays out meaning mm -hmm. if i have a fighter on their back and i have a fighter standing above them the fighter in the standing position is the one that controls that position if they stay pressed up on their opponent the referee will give them time to do kicks to decide if they want to jump in with a punch if they want to go down into a grappling situation they're the one that controls that situation and the referee is reading that person. But if that person steps back away from their opponent, that is that fighter telling the referee, I want them up. Yeah. And the fight steps back, the referee will come in and that fighter on the ground must get up. They don't have a choice. They can't just flop back down. Then they're going to get a call of timidity. So they've got to get up. And when you're hurt and you get back to your feet, you know, that's, that's a different situation. And so that fighter in the top position, they're the ones in control of that. We need uh we needed um, a call of timidity when Rose and Carla fought. <laughs> Should have been a call of timidity. I'm not even going there. Not even I going know. There. I'm just poking fun. Yeah. That's the first time I ever heard say a call of timidity. That's the first time I ever heard that. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, look, De Silva had some great stuff in the first round, got controlled the second round, third round was able to stuff a couple of takedowns, keep it on the feet as much as he could. I, I, I thought I thought Selecki won as well, but I mean, yeah. De Silva, he did some good stuff in that third round. I could have seen it going the other way as well because of the third round. Because I had, obviously, it all depends on how you judged that second round with the toes in the fence. Because the toes in the fence, when he had his back taken for the whole round, some of the chokes weren't really that close, so I didn't give it a 10-8 round. I gave it a 10-9 round. But then it came it became a 10-8 with the toes in the fence. So I had it a draw. I even posted a little thing on Twitter about it saying, hey, I was like, draw? Question mark? You know, like, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to get people's feedback on it. 
And uh, majority of people said, yeah, it was a draw until some of them heard the decision after. And they're like, no, no, I think Selecki won. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you guys are a little late, but I know you guys heard the decision. So it was, uh, it was one of those. I didn't – like. had the chokes got real close where he was – fighting the backhand and gurgling or whatever, you know, like just face was turning red and was able to kind of wiggle out. I would have probably went 10, eight, you know, and then the point deduction would have made it a 10, seven, but the way the ref took the point, I thought was brilliant. Why let him it's out of that position? It. No, that was it's the brilliant. way to do it. There's, yeah. There comes points where, you know, can we stop the action, stand the fighters up, take the point, try to put them. Yeah. But in that you're, you're not going to get that. See, we, that's what we call, you take the points on the fly. You just, you know, take those points, let that person continue in that position since they have the ability, they're in what we call a fight-ending sequence. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but they have the ability to possibly end the fight here, and we don't want to try to put them back in that. That was a, a well-done job, you know, by uh, Chris. He did a good job in just take it on the fly, take your points, you did the right thing, let it go on. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good. Nicely done. And then uh, and the point was taken away. I, like I said, I had it a draw, but like it going the other way, no sweat off my sack. So either way, <laughs> it was one of those. It was, it, was, it was a good fight, though, especially in that third round when they were forced to both to stand and bang a little bit. It got yeah. fun. It got fun yeah. there. Um, all right, next fight. Well, let's just go down to uh, the one you want to talk about. Right. Zuma, Zuma Gulab against Jeff Molina. Yep. Let's well, hear it, dude. Uh, well, I, I, <laughs> I, I had look before. Let me preface this because I said I sent you a text, and I was yeah. like, you know, how do you have it scored? Whatever it was, I didn't definitely didn't have it scored thirty twenty seven. But yeah, we talked about this a week or two ago. And we said, look, when the fights are this close, when the rounds are this close, yeah. judges are going to have it the way they're going to have it. I didn't have it 30-27, you know? But yeah. because the fights and the rounds are close, you're going to have some lopsided fight cards like that sometimes from the judges. That's really what it comes down to. When the rounds, like I had Zuma Gulov winning rounds one and two. I thought he landed some clean, hard shots. I thought he landed a, a little bit more. His head was getting snapped back also. It was a 50-50 toss. But he also had the pressure against the fence. Now, I know we talked about with the uh, with the home fight where, oh, she had the pressure against the fence. But she also wasn't landing. the. They, neither one were really landing super hard, clean shots. The hardest shots were landed by Vieira in that fight. This fight, you could say they were mutually, equally landing hard shots on mutually the feet. Mutually, equally. I had Zuma. They were equally landing hard shots on the feet. And then he got a he was pressing him to the fence, doing a little bit of damage there, trying to fight for the takedown, couldn't get it. I look at it as like a scratch round. So I say, okay, look, who am I going to give it to? Well, the guy who actually started doing the pressing against the fence because the striking was mutual. That's well, kind of well, how well, I did it. Well, I mean, like, okay, but, go but ahead. Let, let's, let's take a look at it. Stand-up-wise, in that first round, Molina hurts Zuma. Hurts him. You can see it. Get stunned. I don't know. Now, Zuma lands a good shot against Molina also in that round, but the better shot was probably Molina's. Mm -hmm. Then he gets put against the cage, and he's there for a long time, and the one thing that Zuma does is he does knee the leg. He knees the thigh, the back of the hamstring, a lot. Mm -hmm. 
and he's starting to you know take the round based upon just that control but you can take a look and say that molina he's not landing what we would call a devastating shot but irritating those those you know hard hands that he's throwing and hitting him to the face repeatedly gets to a point where zuma's not winning this it's almost an even exchange and then molina is able to get away from him and he lands some good shots near the end of that first round so i can see the judges going with molina in that first round it's it, it, it's close and so it's a matter of what do you want to give credit to do you give credit more to the guy that's actually being effective with where he's at comparatively because I got a guy that's trying to wrestle but not getting him down. He's not being successful. He is landing strikes. So is the other guy landing strikes. So I think that's why the judges looked at Molina as the guy who wins that round. I think they all went with Molina in the first round. Really? Now, interesting. I had I had Zuma Gulaf or whatever win in the first round. But like I said, like guys, I, it doesn't it, I have no state. I have no skin in the game. It doesn't matter to me who wins. I had him winning them because I thought he landed. Maybe he didn't land like the one that hurt him the most, but he landed, I think, a couple more, like maybe one or two more shots as well, very clean to Molina. Now, Dave. they didn't rock him back. They didn't. Go ahead. Dave, Dave yep. go to MMA decisions. You could pull up the scorecards. MMA you know, so decisions. That's the way that I looked. We'll have it. That's the way that I looked at that round. I had Zuma Gulov win in the second round also. You know, so but regardless, it does. It just came down to I didn't have it thirty twenty seven. But anytime the rounds are close, it really depends on what angle the judges saw it, or it depends on how the judges were viewing it. You know, in terms of at that time, push so, push on that push on the names of that, and they'll come up with the scorecards. Oh, what happened? Uh, what Dave? You which failed one? Me. Uh, this, you this one right here? here? No, this, no, Zuma one above. One above it. Yeah. There you go, Dave. Dave, not paying come attention. on, Dave. There you go. Okay, so. Two of them went, Mike Bell, who went with the way you looked at the fight, since it was a split, uh-huh. he went with Zuma Gulov in the first round. The two other judges, Sal D'Amato and Anthony Manis, went with Molina in that first round, and they all went with Molina in the third, which they should have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so then and, who and went? You, you, went with, you went with Molina in the, in the third. Yeah, and then I went with Zuma Gulov in the second, so. Yeah, I agree Yeah, it you. seems like... <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, so it really just came down to how they how they did the first round, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it, look, yeah. like I said, when the rounds are that close, you can't complain. It really just depends on yeah, like you're talking about maybe one shot, like yeah. oh that one landed the clean, or maybe he landed two harder, cleaner shots. Because like I looked at Zuma Gulov in the first round, I said he landed three hard. I think it was three three hard clean shots in the first round, whereas Molina landed like you know maybe one decent one and then one that rocked him a little bit. Yeah. And then the rest of the the rest of the control was for Zuma Gulov against the fence and the knees to the thighs and you know trying to stay busy, trying to get takedowns. That's work being put in, not just trying to defend, but also trying to be offensive with it. So I gave it to Zuma Gulov in the first, but it, it is what it is. Thirty twenty seven. I could see how you could get there only based on the fact that the rounds were close. And so one judge, once you get roll, I feel like sometimes once you get rolling with one guy, you're like, yeah, it was the same way he won the first round, same way he won the second round. You know, and again, I'll tell you, the, the judge that gave it to him, thirty twenty-seven, comes from a kickboxing background. He was mm-hmm. a you know, a fighter. He was a very good kickboxer, and I think he looks at you know, 
oh, he's doing exactly what I think should be done against the guy that's trying to take him down, mm-hmm. and he's not allowing those takedowns, and he's, that's the way you want to fight this fight. And I think that's where he leans more towards the stand-up as far as being effective against the guy who's trying to take him down and you're being unsuccessful. That's why he's going in that direction with uh, Molina. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, like overall though, I thought it was a fun fight. It was good. Molina's tough. Good. Well contested. Yeah, yeah. Well, con- yeah, yeah. That's very well put there, John. Well Thank contested. You. Thank you very, very well much. put. Very well, well contested. Put. All right, let's see. We're back to the card. Dun, dun, dun. I missed the JJ Aldridge fight. Let me see. There was another fight on here I wanted to talk about. Dun, dun, dun. Go with it. Oh, uh, you know, Damon Jackson. He's yeah. good. He is good. He's, He's good. Pretty, his ground game is really good. He is yeah. a tough dude on the ground and on the feet. He's a gamer, man. He got a little tired, I think, in the third. But this is uh, oh, this is why I want to talk about this fight. Is Argueta or Argueta? Argueta, yeah. Argueta, yeah. I, I, he needs to have a corner, and I know he's. I believe he's with Alpha. I know he's with Cub Swanson and those guys. You guys should have been yelling at him, man. Keep your distance. Keep your. Your only way to win that third round was to keep it on the feet, and he was having success. He That's kept why you were texting shooting. me. Why is he crushing the space? <sighs> My what are you doing? <laughs> You're down two rounds to none, and you probably maybe you could say you lost one round 10-8. I mean, if we're going by like how the other fight was a 10-8 round by having the guys back, I mean, you had your back was taken the whole damn round for almost for both rounds. I was like, shit, what are you doing? And he was he was getting um he was getting Jackson to move backwards, kind of almost like turn away and kind of tra- he was getting tripped up on the fence. It just didn't look good for Jackson. I'm like, keep hitting him. Touch him. He got hit with some clean shots too, Argueta did. But he yeah. should have just kept throwing. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm yelling at the fucking TV. Goes, you got it. You got it. I was like, man, this is crazy. He was a huge underdog. Yeah. And so if you had some money on that, you're going, you're just pulling your damn hair out going, geez, man, you could win this fight. Oh, there it and is right there. Kept- now we know why you were yelling. It was MyBookie.ag, nah, you put a couple, book, a couple, put some money down. Put a couple bucket, couple ducats down on him, man. <laughs> he was like a minus six. Uh, he was like a plus six hundred. Wow. Or so, yeah, he was a plus six hundred. I mean, like, yeah, it would have been worth it, but I, I didn't do it. But yeah, it would have been worth it. But I mean, if I'm at the, if if I'd have put a hundred bucks down, I would have been pulling my damn hair out, going, "What the hell are you doing?" And your coaches have got to be telling you, you need a knockout, you need a finish. You know, you're not the better grappler and you're the smaller fighter, by the way. So, and you were gotten, you got, you got a big guy going backwards, tripping up on the fence and you're landing some shots. Keep at it. Keep going. And he looked tired. Uh, Jackson did. He started looking tired. He started looking like, like his legs were a little wobbly. I'm like, I was yelling at the TV. I'm like texting you. I was pulling my hair out. I'm like this poor young kid, man, just get it together. Shit. But it, it was frustrating to watch and. You got to go back to the drawing board, but young kids, he's tough. He's tough. He never looked like he panicked when he had his back taken. He wasn't panicking at all. He was fighting through stuff. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's composed when he's in there. That's very important, especially when you start fighting better guys, but this was a tough fight for him. I mean, but he, he, he just didn't fight smart in the third round because I think he could have got Jackson out of there. He could have landed something clean or at least made it a close to a 10, eight round. Had he kept it on the feet. I don't know. It just was. It was a good. It was. It was good in that third round. First two rounds, 
Jackson was so dominant. Yeah. Anyways, all right, I'm done pulling my hair out over this stuff. Okay. Hey, so if you guys, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that UFC talk, and we uh, we broke down the card the best we could, and you know, try to talk to you guys a little bit more about the in-depth conversations of judging, refing, and you know, and here's the other thing: it's not our, it's not. I was listening to Paul, I was listening to Anik, and and a lot of the focus, I think, John, from them, this they were, I think they were trying to get away from talking about the judging, but they kept kind of pulling themselves back into it. <laughs> and about the roughing also. Just, a, just little. a little. But I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, as a commentator, I don't think it's our, our place to really do that. I don't think it's our place to talk about, we should be talking about the action. DC said this a while back. We shouldn't be talking about the refs and we shouldn't be talking about the judges. Now, when the ref pulled, pulled the point without yeah. standing them up, that was very, that was, that's something you just got to commend. You know, I think the refs and the judges are getting too much flack these days over things that are kind of, it's ridiculous. I mean, I saw a bunch of people online talking shit about the judging because it's the one judge had it 30, 27 for Zuma Gulov. And I could, I'm sitting here going, I can see how. I can see how it ended up that way. It's because when the rounds were that close, you know? So people just think, oh, it's ridiculous. And this, and I'm like, no, not really. You know, no, it's no. not. It's actually kind of, it's actually kind of easy to get to that position. So especially when the rounds were that close and the fight's that close. And, but uh, yeah, I think we give these guys too much flack. And, and uh, it's funny because now I've, I've started to kind of become friends with some of them. And, uh, and so now I'm like, ah, you cut them some slack, cut them this, <laughs> but, but, but they're, but they're, they're good yeah. people. And like you said, they put in a ton of work. They're always asking, they're, they're always sitting down with you or sitting down with us at breakfast going, Hey, tell me what you think about this guy. Tell me what you think about that him and, or her. And let me know, like, you know, early stoppage, how, you know, how's their, can they take damage? Can they not? Like they're always wanting to know. And they're trying to figure it all out. And they take notes and they're writing it down next to the fighter's name. They're out there. They're figuring it all out. You know, they've watched all their, I've seen this fighter. I've seen this fighter do this. They are figuring things out and they do a good job. You know, um, they're good people. So we got to cut them a little bit of slack. Maybe we start, getting, just on the, did. start, start getting them on, start getting on the announcers for talking trash. Big Boy. John. <laughs> Big John. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, jeez. Talk about All right, well, hey, uh, Podcast Dave, let's get into some news, buddy. All right. Um, well, so we're going to start with uh, the situation bit from that came from like our last two shows where we had talked about judging and then we did an elaborate um, follow-up on the on the next podcast. And then this made the rounds uh, regarding Nick Diaz um, <laughs> and Kamarism. Do, do you want me to play the audio or do you do you guys want to just talk about it? Go ahead, play the audio. So, care. so this was one of the clips that came from um that came from one of those uh, the the Showtime um show. I can't remember the name of it. Um, oh, Morning Combat. Um, and this was a clip from their show that made the rounds. Of, you know, talking about John's opinion on Nick Diaz mm-hmm. versus Kamara Usman. So let me get the audio on here for you and play it for you guys. One second here. Well, it's been more than one second. Kamaru fight. Kamaru would stand with him until he starts getting lit up. Then he's going to go and use his wrestling, which he should. I'm not saying he shouldn't. 
I don't think that Kamara would be standing up against Nick that long. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I don't agree with that take at all. Mm -hmm. Do you? Uh, no, it's a pretty bad take in my opinion. I don't want Nick Diaz really anywhere near an octagon, which I know a lot of people disagree with, let alone a title fight. And do I believe that this version of him would force Kamara Usman to shoot? No. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> at all. Talking about a Diaz Kamaru fight. Kamaru. All right, so, so let's take a look at this and go, was or did did a writer, I love MMA media, take something completely out of context and put it into a story that then now they're they're making comments on. Nice job, Luke. Nice job, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, uh, let, let's be honest here. Nick Diaz on the feet, he can be dangerous. Uh -huh. On the ground, yep. he can be dangerous. The, everyone's basing it off the Nick Diaz that we just saw. Yeah. But I also want to be honest that was that a Nick Diaz that looked motivated to you? He didn't look motivated to me. You're literally the week of the fight. He's calling the, the UFC saying, yeah, we're fighting at 85. I'm not going to fight unless we fight at 85. They change it. Months before that, I saw I saw pictures of a of a Nick Diaz that had done a triathlon. He looked ripped and shredded and was ready to fight. It's when it's when he's motivated, and that goes yeah. for all the older fighters. Older fighters need somebody to push them. He's already beat Robbie Lawler. The fight was taken. It sounded like he just wanted to get the fight, wanted to get it back, get his feet back wet. Didn't go his way. I, look, and I'm not saying he should fight Kamaru Usman. No. What I posted on a tweet, which I posted on a tweet, was I'd like to see him fight for a title. I said, let, let's let, let's. He got robbed out of how many years for marijuana that is now legal, by the way, and legal usage. So now he's been robbed of all those years of his prime years of him not being able to fight. I'm not saying we throw him in there with Kamaro. What I'm saying though is, hey, there's a BMF belt out there. Let's have him fight Masvidal. I think a motivated somebody, a motivated Nick Diaz can be dangerous. Someone that's been out there doing triathlons, someone who's been out there training all the time. If we get that Nick Diaz, he's going to be a little bit of a problem for a lot of fighters. I don't give a shit how old you are. Or, I mean, how, how good you are. I don't care if you're in the top five, top 10. There's guys in there that he'll give a problem to. I think he gives, I think if he cuts back down to 70, here's the other thing. We're talking about Kamaro. He didn't even make 70 the last time he fought. If he's motivated and gets down to 70, I'm not saying you throw him in with Kamaro, but him and Leon Edwards, to me, that makes for a fun fight. And I, I know that Leon's got the speed. I know he's got the stand-up. I know he's got he's got good wrestling now and good jiu-jitsu now. But we saw that Nate was able to rock him a little bit. We saw that, but that would make for a fun fight. Hey, you beat my brother. Now let me let me fight you. The same thing with the Masvidal situation. Hey, there's a BMF title there. There's a, there's a belt available there. Bring the belt. I'll fight you because you fought my brother. That, that belt should have been in my family. There's a little bit of a storyline there. Masvidal's coming off of a loss. He's coming off of a loss. I mean, let's have some fun with this. If you know he's towards the end, let him be towards the end. Those guys all would love to go up. All You got to remember this. A lot of these guys would love to fight Nick Diaz because he's a Diaz. That's why. Just so whoever these guys are, let them fight. If you know, let, they're getting paid a lot of money. Nick's getting paid a lot of money. Let's not beat around the bush Good. here, you know. Deserve and it. so he needs to fight the guys. Everyone's like, and Brian goes, "Yeah, I don't want to see him anywhere near the cage." Yeah, you're going based off of you're going based off of that last Nick. Okay, let I'll, me ask you a question, Josh. And you're going off this last Nick. Did he have a bad fight? No, it wasn't that. He just he looked. I mean, he looked slow. 
at you times know? he looked at times he was causing Robbie problems. Robbie mm-hmm. looked great. Yeah, Robbie looked Robbie looked as good as we'd we'd seen him in a long time. Yeah. He was motivated for that fight against Nick. But there were times and look, Nick was doing really good work against Robbie at times. And this the one thing that I should that we, when I was making this statement, I'm not I'm, like I don't think that Nick should be put in against Kamaro. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the fight. And I don't and very simply put, I even said back then, Kamaro wins that fight. Yeah. What I should have said is if Kamaro will start standing up with him, and if he starts to get lit up, he's going to go right to his wrestling. The if should have been put in there. I, w- I wasn't saying that he was going to get lit up. I was saying, you know, don't take anything from Nick Diaz in the stand-up game. He will cause anyone problems. Now, could it be that Kamaro could stand on his feet with him? Could be. Yeah. You know, could be that he would do better. I'm not saying that he wouldn't, but... If he started to get lit up, he would go right to his wrestling, and that's the way. If you're being smart, if you're being a smart fighter and you're being that champion and you're Kamaro and you have this skill to take him off his feet and you have good ground defense, which Kamaro does. He's been he's been going with great guys like Gilbert Burns for a long time. And, you know, that's your that's your route to victory the simplest way without taking any damage. It just makes sense. I hate when, and it was MMA junkie, you know, they take something out of context, put it into a story, say, John McCarthy says Nick Diaz will light up Kamaru Usman. The fact that, you know, other podcasts go and, and try to make something of it, nice job, dubbies. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, I like Luke. I like Brian Campbell. Um, so do they, I. They're nice They're nice guys, man. They're, they're nice great guys. guys. And, um but overall, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a clickbait kind of situation, but it is what it is. We're going to say a lot of things. It's so funny. I remember Shab a while back. It's like, care. look, I talk in front of the microphone five days a week for hours on end. He's like, of course, I'm going to say something stupid every once in a while. You don't like. Yep. Yeah, but it, yeah, that you don't like. Yeah, but it, it also comes into that, like you said, I should have allowed it. I should have said the word if. Yep. What you meant was when he gets lit up. If he does start getting lit up, is really what it comes down. If he does start taking okay. some shots, he does. He's, he's gonna, gonna go, go right, right to the wrestling. wrestling and which is a smart play by him, and that's his way of winning. I said, and he's gonna yeah. win the fight. That's gonna, you know, Nick hates going against wrestlers. Well, their kryptonite, both of them, Nick and Nate, yes. both has, has been always been wrestlers. Yeah. You know, from back in the day with with uh, Diego Sanchez, when Diego was just able to kept taking him down, taking him down, controlling him, top position. You know, no submission, no submission attempts really were close. So it's um yeah. Anyways, well I'm glad we brushed that off and we're moving on to the next one. Let's go. Let's go, podcast, Dave. All right, awesome. So now that we triggered John, let's get any triggering Josh, and we'll wrap it up after this uh, with uh, Volk's um, coach coming out and saying that if Volk went up to 55, um, Oliveira would be the harder challenge because he's more well rounded with his, with this more well rounded skill set, and so he thinks it. Oliveira would be a harder challenge uh, than Islam Makachev would, um, if you know, if Islam and Oliveira fight for the title, and uh, sorry, if Volk fights for the 155 yeah. title. Yeah, let, let me, let me. Uh, I'm not gonna get triggered. Okay, I'm not gonna get. <laughs> they are both equally. Just don't say he's gonna get lit up. <laughs> no, no, they're both equally talented. They're both the same fighter. That to me, the one though, and grappling will catch you in exchange. The other one 
will never let you get anywhere. He will just take that position. You want to know why? Because I think he's a lot stronger than Charles Oliveira. Physical strength and crushing dominant positions. Where Charles, he'll give you a little bit because he knows that's where he wants you to go. That's not how Islam works. He pushes himself into those positions and smashes you and takes your neck or does whatever he wants, your arm. He puts himself there and you don't move. You cannot move. Charles Oliveira will let you move a little bit, put the hooks in, let you move a little bit, get the neck, let you move a little bit, take the arm. He lets you do those things. There's, there's a difference. One looks probably more dominant because he does everything so fluidly and Charles Oliveira in the transitions on the ground. Islam just takes it. That's the difference. Now, on the feet, Charles is fucking really good. I don't think people give Islam enough credit because oh, one time, f- nine fights ago, he got knocked out or 10 fights ago, whatever it was, he got knocked out by someone who's not even in the UFC anymore, I don't think. Okay, it happens. You're in the fucking fight game. Okay, but I mean, he's got he's got 200-something f- Sambo fights as well. Okay, and he's ju- he's been just fine. These guys have got so many fights that are off of their record in terms of Sambo style fights, which is basically MMA with a gi top on. They're, they are fine. And I'm telling you right now, they're equally the same. I think it depends on stylistically who you would want to fight. If you're Volka, if you're, if you're um, Volkanovsky's coach, he's probably going, man, you know, Oliveira's probably a tough fight he's gonna you know the speed of latching onto the neck and those type of things maybe he thinks that Volkanovsky can you know get out from underneath Islam I don't know what he's thinking but either either guy either either one of them is gonna give him a really really tough fight now Volkanovsky sure he can land some shots get in get out he's gonna be hard to catch in the beginning because of the speed but both guys are gonna I think both guys are gonna beat him I think both guys beat him. Now, can he beat both of them? Absolutely. When you're when you're that talented and you're that confident the way he is with Volkanovski, being a former rugby player, understanding what it takes to be a pro athlete, then coming in and being a world champion at 145 and being a dominant one as well. I mean, now thinking about going to 55, you can't take that away from him. His mentality is set. He's a fucking dog. No one's gonna beat no one's gonna beat him. They have to take it from him. Like they, yep. they're not, he's not just going to like lay down for you. He's going to, they're going to make, he's going to make them work to the bitter end. And both those guys, whether it's Oliveira or whether it's Islam, they're going to have to fucking work their asses off to beat that guy. And so th- I'm saying that I believe that both the, the heavier guys would win. And I think they would win convincingly, but it ain't going to be easy. They're going to, it's going to be hard fought rounds up until, you know, they, until they can start to slow him down. I favor Islam over him because once he does get him down, he will make sure that he can't move and he will slowly systematically pick him apart. Now, Oliveira is going to let him move a little bit to try and jump on the neck, try and jump on the back, which can happen quickly. Like with Ortega, how he jumped on the neck real quick and was able to get in the triangle and those type of things. Charles Oliveira, I don't think is losing those positions. I don't think he's going to lose that guillotine. I don't think he's going to lose that triangle. I think he's going to finish that thing. So, and the size will be a little bit and the strength will be a little bit of a factor in those situations. But when I look at both fighters, they're equally the same talented both really good i can't wait to watch them fight there see i I didn't get triggered you got triggered (laughs) you totally got (laughs) triggered. yeah Uh, here's the point if you're taking a look at Oliveira and makachev they both have their their points where you go he's better at this let's be honest makachev is a better wrestler than Oliveira. yeah he's got better takedowns 
He's got more variety in his takedowns. His ability to take you off of your feet is just better than Charles. And that doesn't mean that Charles can't do it. That doesn't mean she's bad at it. It's just that Makachev's skill set, I think, is a little bit better. I think exactly what you're saying. The submission game, they both have their submissions, and they're both great at going after submissions. They do it in a completely different fashion. Oliveira is a guy that can switch from transition from one technique to the next. He sets you up, but you know, you, you're falling back and he's lacing his leg and all of a sudden there's, there's a calf slicer and he just does things so fluidly. Makachev is the guy that controls position and forces you, forces you by pressure into moving to a direction. Now he takes the Kimura, which is a strength element. It's a strength submission. Or he forces you into, you bring your arm and now he traps your arm. He's got an arm triangle. He does those type of submissions and he does them incredibly well. And he does it with pressure. It's the pressure that he forces you into. That's why, why you're talking about you can't move. You think you can move, but you can't. And until you've felt it, until you've been there, you don't know. But there's just differences in individuals and in their ability to create a pressure that all of a sudden everything that you've done in the past to get yourself out of those positions, to get yourself back to a guard, to get yourself back to your feet, they don't work. That guy's different. And so they both have their differences. Stand-up wise, I think they're both good. I think Charles is a little slicker overall. I think that power wise, I probably would go with Islam maybe a little bit, but it's very close. It's you know, they're both fantastic fighters. Mm -hmm. If you're Eugene Berriman, like I'm looking, I'm saying, I'm, I'll say I'll take on the champion over taking on the guy that's not the champion right now. If, if Makachev yeah. becomes the champion, then that's the guy I'm going to say, that's the guy I'm going to go to. So I, I see nothing wrong with what he's saying. You know, whoever's the champion, I would love to see that fight against Volkanovsky because I think Volkanovsky could beat either guy. Not, you know, not that I think he's the favorite, but he could beat either guy because he's a stud. Yeah. The dude is just an awesome fighter man and i think again i think his his only loss i think he was a middleweight i may be wrong maybe it was welterweight but it wasn't at featherweight he hasn't lost at featherweight and i'm not too sure how many fights if any he's had at lightweight but you know the dude is just he's a he's a monster right now and he, he'd be a handful for anyone but they could definitely beat him too that's, yeah but that's what makes it a good fight yeah, I, I agree. Look, someone it's funny because with the with the Luke Thomas clickbait stuff that you were talking about with you, someone took what I said like, oh yeah, Volkanovski could beat Islam. Look, anytime you're talking about the best guys Hello. in in the world, it doesn't. T it, there's really splitting the margin by like one percent, maybe less than that. It's definitely even below five percent. Yeah, no, it's, we're, it's, we're we're talking we're talking hundreds of percentage points. Yeah, it's crazy, That's man. The like, difference. And, like I said, when you're dealing with someone like a Volkanovsky, right, who is comes from a rugby background, play professional rugby, like he understands what it's like to to put in all the work, to eat right, to take care of himself. I watch him on his Instagram, man. He's always barbecuing up stuff, always doing. He's a cooker. He's always feeding his body. Man, that guy can cook. I'm like, man, yeah. when are you going to open a restaurant? I'm going to come. Let's I go. <laughs> like, Let's go. No, he is one of those guys that you can tell that he puts everything into keeping his craft on point, whether it's his diet, his nutrition, his, his training, his running, his cardio. He is a professional athlete from the time he gets home until the time he gets back into that cage. 
And so he's transferred it all from rugby to now fighting. And if he puts his mind to something, I can't say it can't be done because he's proven that he's proven that he can do it, you know, in every aspect, you know, in two different sports. That's, that's really, really difficult. You, people talk about Bo knows Deion Sanders, like Deion, like th those guys played two sports. It's hard. They played it at the same time, but him, he was able to be a professional in both sports and be really good you know, in both, but then also be a world champion in one. Which That's tells insane. you what kind of athlete he is. Exactly. Exactly. So you can never underestimate those guys. So can he win? Yeah, of course he win. Do I think he will? Probably not. But I think it's gonna make he's going to make it a fun fight. I think he's going to be there. You know, and he could cause some problems. The speed and his aggressiveness and his tenacity and his, his ability to footwork Just and all overall those things. toughness. He's... Yeah, he's got he's got good leg kicks. He's he's got the fa fast hands. You know, he's he's a dog. He'll go out there. I mean, remember, he stood with Max Holloway. I mean, like Max is considered Multiple to be one time. of the best stand-up guys. Yes, he's he's expected like Max is considered to be one of the best stand-up guys in the game right now. You know, and he has been for a while. So the fact that he stood with them and made some and had some exchanges, he'd won a lot of those exchanges. He stood with them for majority of the fight. I mean, I can't say that he's not going to stand with Charles Oliveira. I can't say that he's not going to stand, you know, with uh, Islam. I mean, I think both of them are probably be able to take him down. But I think yeah, who's to say that he can't escape from underneath? He's so small. Those guys, man, you got to like look. You're looking for him underneath you when you take him down. <laughs> like, where are you, buddy? So, but I think I think I think it makes for there a good fight. There goes the new clickbait. Fight. Josh Thompson says yeah. Volkanovski's too small. They won't find him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, hey, guys, go to WayneInPodcast.com, pick up some of our merch, and uh, we've got coffee mugs. We've got sweatshirts. Yep. Okay, I wait for you guys to say something. <laughs> nice. And we've got hoodies. And, of course, hoodies are my favorite, man. I, I don't I don't wear sweatshirts. Long sleeve shirts and all different colors are available. So go to WayneInPodcast.com, pick up some of our merch. Post a picture of yourself wearing it. We'll repost it, retweet it, whatever it is. We want to thank you guys for continuing to support our podcast. And like John always says, do something kind this weekend and enjoy each other's company. I've got family. I'm trying to do that. <laughs> but, man. It's rough. Monday can't come <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'm just poking fun, man. I, 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 like, I'm one of those guys that like I don't see my family very often. So when I do, it's like, okay, the the weekend of this, the week, the week of, of visitation Blameless. and the small doses is is uh is enough. <laughs> so, but hey, I have some fun. All right, guys. Uh, John, take it away, bud. You just did. You did a great job. So to everyone out there. Don't go into clickbait. Don't read stuff and just believe everything is being said. <laughs> Listen to the podcast and you'll know. And we will see you.